All right, let's welcome our race winner of the Iowa Corn 300, James Hinchcliffe. Sixth career win today, first win since Long Beach of last year. Great day. Very good day. Very good day. Um, the best day. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's so nice to be uh, to be back up top after uh, after kind of the season that we've had. You know, obviously the month of May that we had, but we've had uh, a couple of good weekends in a row. Really, just strong performances from the whole team, and we kind of felt some momentum coming in here. And uh, we tested here last week, and I'm I'm very glad that we did for sure. I think that was a huge advantage. Um, all the guys that came here seem to be kind of up top uh, this weekend. And then come the race, you know, we didn't we didn't qualify particularly well. Uh, had a bit of a problem, but uh, we weren't working on a on a quick car. We were working on a you know a good car over a stint. And you know, I, uh, we've won in Iowa before. And you know, the key is taking care of your Firestones. The key is having a good car in lane one, lane two, being able to get through traffic. And and that's ultimately what we did. You know, we got through a bunch of cars in that first stint. Uh, got through a couple more in the pit cycle. Didn't have as good a car in the middle part of the race, and you know Joseph was just so dominant. I didn't think we really had anything for him. I, I thought we were kind of running for second, to be honest. And in that last stop, uh, you know the Aero crew just nailed it on the pit stop, gave us a really good change, and the car just came alive and was able to put it wherever I needed to to get through traffic. And that's the only reason I was able to catch Joseph and, and ultimately get by him was just uh, you know our ability to get through traffic. I think he was a bit quicker in clean air, but uh, can't thank the guys enough for uh, such a great car and you know great job in the pits and. Um, it's a shame that Robbie ended up taking that that uh, that pit stop at the end. Man, it would have been great to have both of us up on the podium heading into the hometown race in Toronto. But uh, overall, it's a great great result for the Aero Car and for Schmidt Peterson Motorsport, Schmidt Peterson Motorsports in general. And talk about at the end. Obviously, you decided not to come in and pit. Uh, what was the discussion on the radio, or what was the the thought process there? It was like well, it was like worst case scenario, right? I mean, you're lead, you're leading the race by a couple seconds. Everything's good. Like ten laps to go, and you see a yellow come out and. Based on what we've seen before, you know, we saw it at Phoenix, we've seen it at Iowa in the past, and actually, I think both times, Joseph benefited greatly from doing it, so we weren't totally shocked that people took it, but when we were doing the math in our head, I mean, there was still, you know, only a, only a couple laps to go, we still had to get the lapped cars back through pit lane, and you know, we're kind of just doing the math thing, and I don't even know if we have time to go green, and if we do, it might be like a green-white checkered kind of deal, and I don't hate my odds if it's if it's a lap, if it's two laps. And it was a tough call. It really was because we've seen that go the other way so many times. But uh, ultimately, you know, the right call was made. And, man, if we had pitted from the lead and it didn't go green again, I don't, I wouldn't have slept for a week. <laughs> Understood. Which is a bad week to not sleep going into Toronto because I'm very busy this week. You won't get my sleep up there as it exactly is. Exactly right. right. <laughs> after uh, you touch on it a little bit after the first question, but after the way things have gone in May and, and trying to turn things around, is it more a sense of relief, or, or, or how, do, how do you feel right now? Um, just, I'm just proud, honestly, proud of this group because something like what happened to this, this team in May can, can really get you down. I mean, obviously, that's, that's our Super Bowl. That's our Wimbledon. That's our Masters all wrapped into one. And uh, to miss it is a, is a huge blow for every single, every single member of the team. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if anybody saw the, the NBC feature that aired before the race, but we had grown men like in tears, like a lot of them and a lot of tears on, uh, on, on bump day there. And it just shows how much it means to us. And uh, to not make it can very easily just get a group down and you can get despondent. You can kind of lose track of what the real goal is, lose motivation. But no one in this group suffered from that at all. If anything, it fueled us and, and made us want to, you know, perform better and push harder and, and work harder. And, um, 
we've come back strong. The last couple events have actually been very good for us. Texas was a strong race. Um, if Elkhart hadn't been such a bad qualifying, you know, our, our race day pace was, was very good. We executed very well. So it's, it's, it's really coming together now. Um, we've had a lot of changes internally on the team, both before the season and mid season. So it's, it's been a bit of a balancing act trying to get all the right pieces in the right places. But I think this shows that we're starting to hit on something really good. We'll go ahead and open it up for questions now. Raise your hand. We'll have the microphone. We'll start with uh, David back there in the white shirt, and then we'll go to Pat right next to him. Uh, James, uh, I'm going to turn into Wolfgang here and have two questions for you. <laughs> um, one is, uh, what, what was the change that uh, was made in the stop that made it so good? And secondly, what happened to you when you had that wobble and Sato got past you and demoted you to third? Um, it was, well, so in, in the first in the car was, was really good. We just made a, a tiny change to uh, try and dial in a little more understeer. It was pretty free in that first stint. Uh, we we over, overshot it and had way too much understeer in the second stint. So as we tried to go back on it, we went too far, and we were really loose in the third stint. And so that's what, uh, that's what allowed Sato to get by us was I think I just I caught somebody in wrong place, wrong time, got a big wiggle, slid up the track, and, and he went by. That, that was when I was starting to panic a little bit because we still had about 30 laps left in the stint, and I was, I mean, max right on the weight jacker, max on the front bar. It was, it was kind of dire straits for a bit. Uh, we were surprised how far the balance went for a relatively small change. So I just said, hey, look, the first stint was the best stint. Let's just go back to whatever we did there, and that's what we did. And, uh, and the thing just came alive. We were able to run both lanes, and that's really what, uh, what helps you when, you when you come up on lap traffic, and it's, it's all about lap traffic at a short track like this. Patrick? Top three, uh, Sato was the best starter at 10th. Uh, were you surprised by how much people were able to move move forward on the grid? And were you also surprised by how few cautions there were, uh, considering how what looked like a very difficult-to-drive race car? It's funny. We had that conversation before the race. Um, you know, what did we think the, the, the caution frequency was going to be? And... It's so funny because we've seen it, We, you know, in practice, if you just like went on how the car felt in practice, you'd be like, yeah, there's going to be tons of cautions. Guys are going to be crashing all over the place because these things are really hard to drive right now. But what happens when tires start falling off and that starts happening is guys really start taking care of themselves and each other a lot more. You don't have as much confidence to throw it down and, you know, the inside and, and make a stupid move. And it's contact that usually leads to, you know, to accidents and to cautions. So we, we thought it was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be a crash fest or it was actually going to be a pretty green race. And obviously it was the latter. So we were, we were glad to see that. I think that that's better for the fans. I think it was a good ebb and flow with the different tire strategies. In terms of being surprised of guys coming from, from further back, it, it doesn't really surprise me a ton. I'm surprised that some of the guys that qualified really well didn't finish as well as I thought they might have. Um, but in a race that's all about you know managing your tires, we've seen it at Texas, we've seen it at other places, uh, you can qualify anywhere. And if, if, you're, if your car is hooked up, you can, you can work your way to the front. Go to Wolfgang, and just a quick reminder, this is the 12th straight year that the Iowa Speedway race where the pole winner has not won the race. Pole winner has never won the race here. Wolfgang? Uh, first of all, congratulations, James. Um, I'm going back what you said earlier to the changes of the car. Do you think without the changes, you never had caught Joseph? No way. I mean, in, in that third stint, we kind of caught up to him-ish, um, but there was just... Uh, I just couldn't I couldn't keep up with him you know and he eventually he pulled away from us a little bit after the the first kind of 20 laps and he caught some traffic I was able to close that gap but I could get to within about a second and that was as close as I could get it seemed like he was struggling as well and I heard over the radio that he was complaining of his car going a bit loose same as us um, so he couldn't really get through the traffic but he was running definitely a bit closer than we were and like I said I was maxed out of my tools so I knew that if it got any worse we were going to be in big trouble.
And question two, uh, during the race, was there any moment you had uh, were scared about the fuel consumption? Uh, no, fuel wasn't really an issue for us. You know, with, with the tires going off the way they were, it was more about could you make it to the end of your fuel stint, not did you ever need to extend the fuel stint or anything like that. And, you know, in a race like that, the undercut is always going to be quicker. So I think that's actually how Spencer got around us uh, on that last set of stops. But, um, you know, ultimately it, uh, it played into our hands to be able to run a little bit longer at a decent pace and, and just take care of the Firestones, which was, which was the plan from the start. Over to Bruce over here. Tim Sendrick said uh, you had the best car at the right time. Do you see that as really what the key to the race was? I, I have a follow-up to that. I think, that's a, I think it's a great way of putting it. Um, you know, Joseph obviously was, was dominant for a large part of the day, um, and, and we had stints where I don't think we were particularly awesome, but uh, we were able to just kind of hold on to it. And when it mattered in that last stint, the guys nailed the setup changes, and, uh, and that's, that's really what won us the race today. And also, have you ever gone into the Toronto race off of a victory. I have never done that. Uh, no, well, in 2013, was Toronto after Iowa? I think that was in June. I think you might be right. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was, it was I don't think we ever have, no. No, I don't think, I think this is a first. So how much is your life going to be taken from you over these next <laughs> few days? <laughs> I had no life already for the next week, Bruce. Come on. They're going to try and squeeze in a bit more, but good luck to you, sir, because there was no time left. In fact, I'm probably going to miss stuff. I was, I was supposed to be on a flight in like 20 minutes back to Toronto because I got stuff tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not making that, am I, Mark? Uh, I think you have some carding tomorrow, don't you? I do. I do. Among, back, uh, among right other things. Among other things. But oh, Mary, and then we'll come to Jeremiah. Um, James, you talked about how your car got stronger at the end. You could really put it wherever you wanted to. And I think from the beginning of the race, it would be fair to say that Joseph's car really could go anywhere he wanted to, to put it and yet he built up quite a lead um what do you think happens is it that the car um in joseph's case did they go the wrong way on the setup and your car just got better because of the way you kept improving it how does that change over the course of a race it's it's tough to know what happened on their deal you know the the track obviously evolves a little bit um normally when it's this hot it, it gets more and more understeery but for us it you know in that middle stint it got loose and in the third stint and, and same for joseph so uh i'm not sure i'm not sure if they were adjusting their car or if they were so dominant at the start they're like just leave it don't touch it because it's great and maybe they didn't keep on top of it i have no idea but um just so much can change and it just shows you know how quickly things can change on a short track like this you know they were they were miles ahead. They were they were gone. They were clear of everybody, and uh, just a, a couple things change, and uh, and that that gets reversed. I mean, I feel bad for him that he ended up taking that stop, and we didn't get a he didn't go green again to get a chance to to see what he could do. Um, that's that's tough for him because uh, he obviously had such a great day, and and tough for Robbie as well. Like I'm bummed that he uh, he went in as well, but uh, that's racing. I've been on the losing end of one of those deals too, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> Jeremiah, back to the indie stuff. Is it going to take going back there next year for that all to be put behind you? I mean, even though today's awesome, is it going to take getting back there to do that? Yeah, I mean, people are going to keep talking about it until we go back, right? Or And even if the conversation dies for the next little while, as soon as May 1st comes around, it's going to come back up. So, yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, days like this and honestly, weekends like we've had, I mean, I think I think Road America was actually one of our best races of the entire year. And ninth place doesn't look like that. But if you were on the inside and saw what happened and, and how we performed on Sunday – you know, I think you'd be pretty impressed. It was it was a really good performance from everybody, and um, same kind of thing in Texas. We've just been on a bit of a roll. So if if we just keep doing what we've been doing and and not focus on it, and when we get back to any next year, not think about it, just kind of put it out of our heads, I think we'll be in good shape. 
Jocelyn Sheets with the Newton Daily News. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, what it means to come here to Iowa for you. To talk about today's race and the win, your, your second gas pump. I know that you, you talked to me about that. So um, just talk about Iowa Speedway and what that means to you. From the from my first IndyCar race here in 2011, I've I've just loved this place. You know, it's uh it's a short track that races like a super speedway. It's it's always exciting. There's always something going on on track, and um it's uh, it's a tricky place to get around, especially as the tracks evolved and it's gotten a bit bumpier and a bit rougher and more patches and seams and all the rest of it. And when they went ahead and took a you know thousand ish pounds of downforce away from us just to make it exciting, um but no, it's 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 honestly it's a track I've always loved coming to. Um, the crowd's always great. Uh, the support from the Iowa corn growers has been, you know, there from day one, which is just awesome to see as somebody involved in the business side of the sport as well. It's always cool to see that kind of support, and uh, I can't wait to come back next year. How important is it to have uh, short ovals like this on, on the schedule? Well, it's, it's interesting because that's, yeah, you worded that question interestingly. How, how important is it to have short ovals, or how, is it, how important is it to have short ovals like this? Okay. Um, I think it's very important to have short ovals like this. Um, we have had or <laughs> some other oval, short ovals that maybe didn't put on shows like this and this is what we love doing is going out there racing each other hard putting on a good show for the fans here for the fans at home and uh and there's no better short track on earth for that uh and in for indy cars at least than, than iowa speedway you know we, we miss going to places like milwaukee this was kind of you know it's kind of in the same vein as uh, as this place but uh, i think this is massively important because again what makes the verizon indycar series so special is you have to be good at super speedway short ovals road courses street courses and if you don't have those short ovals it's uh it you know it takes something away from it any further questions sir james let's go way back in the corner Oh, I'm sorry, Jeremiah, and then we'll go back to in the corner. Speaking of putting on a show, how do you feel about green-white checker finishes? And does Andy Carr need? Um, if if the track is clean with two laps to go, uh, then yeah, I'm all for him. Do, I don't. I'm not a big fan of like doctoring the length of a race just to make sure it ends under green. I get it. I, I get why it's done uh, in in NASCAR, but um, it just it just. It complicates things for me there's too many races that are fuel mileage races for us that you know we have guys that i mean they they sweat they lose five years off their life making sure that we hit the right numbers and we run out of fuel crossing the line and if all of a sudden a yellow flag comes out with two to go and it ends up becoming a green white checkered your, your race is your race is done and i don't i don't think that's fair we go into it knowing how long it's going to be and that's what we plan for so that's what i want to run james you already talked in the back you already talked a bit about the um, variety of IndyCar just a few minutes ago, and I was going to ask about that. So um, the whole podium had, well, really had a tough year so far, and as Patrick mentioned, mid-pack starts. So to come up through the pack and, you know, you don't have to start up front and it's a parade, it's just not how IndyCar is. So talk about the variety, and even coming from a road course to short oval towards a street circuit next weekend. Yeah, and, and that's what makes it so interesting, right, is um, you can you can have a bad road course car, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a bad season. You know, if you race in Formula One and you've got a bad road course car, <laughs> you're screwed. Um, you can still have, you can still come here and, and have a completely different kind of race, but being good here doesn't mean you're going to be good at Pocono. It doesn't mean you're going to be good at Detroit. It doesn't mean, you know, it's, it, uh, it really is part of what, you know, throws up some surprise results sometimes in our series and, and just makes it a little more exciting. It's not the same four or five guys winning every race and... Uh, that's what I love about this series. I mean, how you motivate yourself to get up on Sunday morning when you know 12th is a win for you, I, I just don't get it. Okay. Anything else for our race winner? All right, congratulations, James. Thank you very much, everyone.